This podcast was first broadcast on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. Go to radioverulam.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts and if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now, before we get started this week, I've got a message from Elton at the Fleetville Oxfam shop. He would just like to remind us that charity shops are now very much open. Due to your post-lockdown generosity, they are brimming with amazing stuff and they'd love for you to pop in and see for yourself. Now, I was in there just this week, and, and he's right, there are some great finds, just what I needed to put up my wardrobe, ready to start getting out again. And of course, your money will go to great causes that really need your support more than ever at this time. So do go and check out your local charity shop. Now, it's only a few days to go before the start of this year's St Albans Sustainability Festival, with hundreds of sustainability-themed events run by all sorts of groups around the district from the 23rd of May to the 6th of June. Now, I've been flipping through the online brochure at susfest.org and booking in for a few events. They will look brilliant. Most of them are free, and it is so good to have the feeling that we're really getting back into the swing of things now. Now, I spotted a couple of events that I thought that you might like to hear a little bit more about. Later, we're going to hear about how earthworks are going slow. But first of all, air source heat pumps aren't something most of us are familiar with. So it's good to know that St Albans Extinction Rebellion and St Luke's Church are getting together to run a couple of events for Susfest at which you can learn more about them. Talking at these events will be Nigel Harvey, who has taken the leap, ditched his gas boiler and has had himself an air source heat pump installed in his house. I spoke to Nigel and he started by explaining why he thinks we're all going to have to become a lot more familiar with air source heat pumps. Uh, The big problem is that most houses in the UK are heated using gas boilers, the hot water and the central heating. And the problem is gas boilers are not climate friendly because they are burning gas, a fossil fuel, and that is contributing to climate change. And in fact, in terms of the UK, it's probably the biggest source of our uh, our emissions and therefore we have to get them down. Okay, something we're going to have to get used to then. Now, something which I think is quite hard to understand, but I think um, I've been told that they work a little bit like a fridge in reverse. Is that right? That's right. I mean, a gas boiler is about, a good one is about 80% efficient or thereabouts. But an air source heat pump is more like 360% efficient. Now, you'd think that's a bit weird being more than 100% efficient. But the reason is that it doesn't generate heat. It just moves heat. So in the same way that a fridge operates by moving heat from the inside of the fridge to the outside. An air source heat pump takes heat outside of your house into the house. So even, um, you know, in the last uh, sort of six weeks, two months, there was, a, there was a temperature of minus three outside. Actually, it was still able to take heat from that minus three outside and put it inside the house. And so if you then combine this, uh, an air source heat pump just with electricity powered by renewables, it hugely reduces your carbon footprint. 
Okay. And was that your motivation for getting an Etzel's heat pump? It was for me. First and foremost, it was about trying to reduce uh, my carbon footprint and my impact on the climate. Right. So you've made that step. You've got your air source heat pump. What does it look like? How well, big is it? Yes, it's it's probably eight hundred. It's eighty centimeters by a meter. It's on the it's on the side of the house. It looks a bit like you know when you look around and see air air um, air conditioning. Uh, units on the side of uh, some buildings. It's a bit like that because effectively it, it operates in a very similar way. It is a, a heat exchanger. Okay, and is it noisy? It's whisper quiet. This was one of the concerns we had, and uh, we were told it was 55 decibels. The problem is, I, I don't know what 55 decibels sounds like, but actually, you can just be aware of it as whirring as you walk past it outside. Um, apparently, it's about the same as, a, as an electric toothbrush. I think it's actually quieter than an electric toothbrush. Right. Okay, then. So you've just hidden it down the side of the house. So that, that's okay. You can't put it in the garage or anything like that. It has to be outside. It, it has to be outside and it has to be on a wall at, where the face of the air source heat pump is at least one metre from the boundary of the house. So uh, that's an, an important point. Right. Yes, particularly actually in St. Albans, where quite often we've got quite small gardens. That's definitely a consideration, isn't it? Um, so does the air source heat pump, does it heat your house and your hot water or do you still have to have a boiler for one of those? Nope. Our boiler has gone. It heats the hot water and the radiators. So uh, it's doing everything, which is great. OK. And just thinking about when you had it fitted, was there lots of changes you needed to have done in the house or was it just a matter of putting this thing on the outside and a little bit of piping? Um, it obviously went on the outside. There was a new tank had to be put in the loft and some of the radiators had to be changed. Um, we have in our house, I counted up 11 radiators and seven of them had to be changed for bigger ones. The reason is that the um, the, the, the hot water circulated by an air source heat pump circulates at a slightly lower temperature than that from a gas boiler. Uh, it's about 55 degrees, and so therefore you need slightly larger radiators to be able to effectively heat the, uh, the house. So that was the main change. It also can work with underfloor heating, but that would have been a much bigger change for us. So slightly larger radiators was, uh, was fine. Okay, and that would have been significantly more expensive if you'd have to have something like underfloor heating put in as well. How much did it cost then? It wasn't cheap. It was £15,000. But the good news is that there are grants available as well. Okay. And how much of the cost did that cover and would cover at the moment? I assume these grants are sort of ongoing? Uh, they're still ongoing. There was a report the government had killed one uh, uh, grant called the Green Homes Grant. This isn't the same. It's the Renewable Heat Initiative or Incentive. And the RHI is still very much operating. And so using the, that grant, we'll get it back effectively about 13,500 out of our 15,000, although that will take us seven years to get it back. So they do require you to make an upfront investment. And then they give you grant that uh, pays for the vast majority of that investment. Oh, okay, well, that, that's definitely worth knowing about, isn't it? So I suppose the big question is, are you pleased? Would you recommend your air source heat pump? We're really pleased. I mean, partly it's a gentler heat. So when you walk past a, a radiator when it's um, heated by a, a gas boiler, you really feel the heat, don't you, sometimes walking past? Whereas um, with an air source heat pump, it's a more gentler heat. You're just aware that the house is uh, is warm. 
but more than that, I'm, I'm pleased because it's it's having a, a, a had a significant impact on reducing our, our carbon footprint. And for me, that is so important because we really, really have to get moving on on reducing our carbon footprint as a nation much, much faster than we are at the moment. Okay, which sounds fantastic. But just how about the running costs? Have they been cheaper, more expensive than you thought? Or? They're coming out, coming out as broadly similar to gas. That's partly, I think, because gas is actually is is subsidised in some ways and therefore is cheaper than it uh, than, than it should be. Um, but also because a hair, an air source heat pump is more effective if it stays on for longer periods. And so we've actually, particularly with us both working from home over the last uh, um, a few, so many months, we've actually benefited now from having a, a house that is warmer for longer. So whereas with a, the, the gas boiler, we would we would pulse heat in the morning and then pulse heat in the uh, in the evening. Now we have the air source heat pump on for longer. And although we, we're taking more heat as a consequence, the, the costs are still similar. Right. Okay. Now, obviously, there's lots more questions that I could ask you, and I'm sure that listeners are thinking, but how about how about this? There's good news, though. You've got two events coming up for the Sustainability Festival where you're going to be talking about uh, air source heat pumps and your experiences. Can you just tell us where those are and how we book for them? Yes, they're, they're, they're both online events. So one is on the 2nd of June and the other on the 27th of May both running from 7.30 till 8.30. And um, yes, it's just talking through the pros and cons of how it works and um, how we've uh, we've been pleased by it, actually. Okay. Well, it sounds fascinating. As you say, this is something we're definitely all going to learn a lot more about in the future. Thank you very much, Nigel, for explaining that to us. Thank you very much, Amanda. Nice to be here. You can book your place online at both of these events via the links in the SustFest brochure that you'll find at sustfest.org. COVID has meant that organisations have had to be a bit more creative in thinking of events for this year's Sustainability Festival. Indoor meetings are out and even outdoor events have their restrictions. Now, mental health charity Earthworks, where you'll remember volunteers and people with learning disabilities, together known as Earthworkers, tend their three and a half acres of eco-gardens at the edge of St Albans, have looked for inspiration in slow television. Now, Slow TV rose to popularity in Norway with the full-length driver's eye view of a seven-hour scenic journey. Over a quarter of the Norwegian population enjoyed its relaxing, immersive vibe and the genre took off from there. So to find out how Earthworks will be joining the slow TV trend, I spoke to Steve Shelley of Earthworks. But first of all, I asked him whether all the Earthworkers were at last back on site. Well, nearly all of them, Amanda. Yes, the vast majority are back, which is great news. I have to say that we're we're still somewhat limited on site because of social distancing arrangements. So that does mean that only half of our earth workers are coming in at any one time. So rather than full days, they come in for half days. But we're getting back to normal. Yes. And is everybody pleased to be back? Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes. I mean, I, I think the joy in their faces when they, they arrive and they, they remember the place and the, and the jobs they used to do. I have to say about half of our earth workers have been coming since about last summer. So it's not all kind of new to them. But but certainly we've had a number of very recent returnees, people who haven't been on site for more than a year. And it's just fantastic to see them getting back into the jobs they love. But it's absolutely amazing. It sounds lovely. Just just from hearing you talk about it. I bet it's great to have them all back. Now, 
you've got slightly unusual ideas for this year's sustainability festival. Do you want to tell us what you've got planned? Yes, that's right. We were planning this a few months ago, really, and uh, not knowing what the COVID environment would be and restrictions. So unfortunately, some of the things we might normally have done, for example, our open garden, where everyone would have been welcome to come onto site and see what we were doing. We're unable to do that. So we've actually gone for something a bit different this year, and we are putting together what we call a slow video in the sort of genre of slow TV, perhaps something that gives a more kind of ambient feel to our site and the work that goes on there. And it's going to be about half an hour's film available on our website, and it'll be open to anyone uh, who wishes to tune into the website and relax really having a look at the lovely environment we work in and some of the jobs we do. So you've been filming this presumably over a sort of a period of lockdown restriction must have been quite hard to do all this filming put everything together? Yes and no. Mostly we've been filming it fairly recently because the aim has been to try and capture the season. And also there are some people in the video, but in the true spirit of slow videos, people and dialogue and narrative are not the main kind of feature of of what we're attempting to show here. So where there are people, they will tend to be background figures. And really we want to foreground the natural beauty of the site and the whole kind of title of the video is the natural beauty of earthworks so we are bringing into focus things like the apple blossom capturing the sound of the honeybees at work the sound of the rain on the trees and the sunshine through the through the trees as they come into bud so it's sort of been a bit of a challenge in terms of it being something new and different for us but the covid restrictions haven't sort of impacted too much that was the aim really we went for something that was doable and achievable and also that we felt good about and proud about that would demonstrate the natural beauty of our site it sounds absolutely lovely and when you're talking about it it, it does remind me of, of my visits to the site about how how lovely it is there it is a, a lovely place to be and I suppose actually just the kind of things you're talking about are the kind of things that makes it such a, a beneficial place to be it is a, a beautiful site for that isn't it Yes, that's right. I mean, the number of people who come to the site who describe it as inspirational and calming, words you hear quite a lot. And it's difficult to imagine really, because it was before my time, what the site originally looked like, which was a fairly bare field. And now we have so many mature different habitats uh, on the site, not only our market garden and vegetable production areas, but um, lovely ornamental gardens, woodland, wildflower meadows. Um, and uh, ponds plus a beehive area and um, and bee gardens that you know you can kind of wander through the site from place to place um, and kind of get lost as you uh, move between each zone and that's something that the the video will also convey it sounds like a lovely idea and I suppose also whilst of course plenty of people had you had an open day would have come along but but with your video you presumably will be able to reach even more people people you know who live a long way from your site and they can can enjoy the magic of it too. 
Yes, that's right. I, I hope so. That will undoubtedly be a benefit of doing something like this. As many other people have found <laughs> rather strangely, an outcome of the, the restrictions we've been through has been that uh, actually you can contact and be in touch with people much more widely. So, mm. Steve, we'll find the slow video on the Earthworks website during the, the festival. And you're asking, of course, it's free to look at, but just asking for a little donation if we feel that we can afford to just to, to help Earthworks on its way. Yes, that's right. Unfortunately, as I say, some of the events where we may have been able to raise a little extra funding uh, during this year, and particularly our open garden, we haven't been able to run this year. So donations would be really welcome. Excellent. Steve, I hope that lots of people, as you say, click on that video to enjoy the lovely things that Earthworks has to offer and that you get a little bit of financial support to help keep you doing the great work that you're doing there. Steve, thank you very much indeed for joining me. And do listen out on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam for more interviews about inspiring sustainability-themed events from now and during this year's Sustainability Festival. And if you missed last week's Environment Matters, then do look out the podcast on the podcast page of RadioVerulam.com to hear me talking to Nina Vinther about activism and optimism, the SUSFest event that she's helping to run where young people will have the chance to engage local politicians on environmental issues and I'll be sharing news of other events on Twitter at RV underscore environment and on the Environment Matters Facebook page. You can always drop me a line on amanda at radioverland.com. Always good to hear from you. I'm going to be back at the same time next week but until then thank you for listening.